behind us, right on the side of us. You could, you could kind of see the thing moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, in the whole night, this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black thing, is all I Squatch DTV, exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch DTV for today's date, September 19th, 2021. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Falls, along with the man downstairs, Mr. Chris Bennett. Steve, what's happening, my man? What's going on, Chris? How you doing, brother? Oh, we're doing good, doing good. I, I see the chat room is really hopping over here already. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go down the old uh, roll call as usual. Who's here? Who's not right now? Uh, of course, we got first in the house tonight was Ammon Chris. Hello, Ammon Chris. Ammon good Chris. to see you. Welcome. Yeah, Be number one. In. He is in the house. We got John oh, Swan. Hi. Hello, John. Jay hi, John. Fritz, good to see you, brother. And Mr. Bob Fritz. Lemley, hello to you. What's happening? Well, we're going to find out. And may the Squatch be with you as well. Yeah. And uh, Brian and Chewy go hiking. Hello, Brian, Brian and Chewy. Awesome, you, awesome. So uh, here we are. And that's the, of course, you know, it takes a while for people to kind oh, of yeah, filter in. Yeah. There's some more people rolling in, hopefully. We always <laughs> have a, a good crowd over on our YouTube and I really sure. appreciate all the listeners. Absolutely. And great questions and stuff, man. I love yep. that. I love the participation. You know, it's yep. wonderful. That's right. And uh, please give a like, 
share, and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate it all as our channel tends to grow every week. We are tipping that 3,200 mark right now. Chris, we're getting Ooh. very close. Very hey, close. That's good for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing all right. So anyway, uh, a lot, uh, not much going on in the Bigfoot world tonight, except for I did catch uh, a, a, a YouTube video this week. Uh, I was notified of it. Uh, talking about the different species of a Sasquatch, uh, mm. which kind of makes it kind of interesting. Of course, they referenced the Miller Doc, which we've completely destroyed oh. and debunked. Uh. Um, you know, the Miller Doc, again, was that uh, hoax per perpetrated yeah. by Linda Newton Perry on Bigfoot Ballyhoo. Yeah. Um, you know, everything from the, the loggers to the actual doctor has been completely debunked and... Uh, not uh not well, so good you know i man, I, I really believe that steve once they start uh trying to determine the different subgroups of species within the bigfoot yeah. uh family there uh they kind of lose me like it's like they're putting the cart before yep. the horse because first thing we got to do we got to prove we have uh one species species yes right. well <laughs> Well, here's the here's the thing. I was asked about that. I, I did a show called the the Forest Floor yeah. uh, this past week. It's a podcast. Check it out. Uh, you can find it. Just Google it. Forest Floor F L E U R. Um, and uh, they uh, uh oh, Bigfoot Anonymous is in Bigfoot Anon. Yep, we all need that. What's up, Bigfoot Anon? Welcome, hey, Bigfoot Anon. Good work. Welcome, welcome to Squat DTV. So, so I went on this podcast last week, and the question was posed to me, you know, do you think there are other species of Bigfoot? And again, my typical response to that is, you, you know, there, it, it, ho, ho, it's tough enough. We, we, you know, we're trying to say there's one species of Bigfoot. That's a huge stretch, according to science, as it is. Um, yep. However, however, um, uh, see, Forest Floor is great. M is a legend. Yes, they are yeah. good, good, great people. I look. Actually, I'm going to be meeting them next week. We'll get into that in a second. But uh, to me, people saying, "Well, you know, are there there are many different species?" No, no, it's a stretch to saying there's one. Yeah. But what we tend to forget is, like us, there are races of hominid. There's races of Homo sapiens. So perhaps there's different races. I mean, you look at dimorphism in us. Right. I mean, there's six foot five, six, you know, six foot seven folks uh, normally, six foot two, six foot, five foot, five foot four. We have the pygmies, which are, you know, traditionally like in the five foot range. So we are very, you know, we have very big burly people. We have very slender, slim, tiny people. We are very dimorphic. And again, yeah. a lot of that has environmental factors and sometimes nutritional factors as well. Yeah. So to me, maybe we're talking about different races of Bigfoot, but not different species. Yep. So, and yeah, you know, uh, there's always different reports of uh, yep. uh, hair color, like, you know, hair color, like, skin tone, black ones, brown ones, mm -hmm. reddish brown hair, uh, gray, dirty white, you know. Yeah, but that's normal in in ev all right. of our races. We have yep. we have you know if you look at a Caucasian, we have red, you know we have black, brown, blonde, red, yep. auburn, you know that in between different types of hairstyles. Right. So 
it, it, you know, it, it's not too difficult for, for, you know, primates. If you look at the rangs, they have different shades of red in their, their, some look kind of brownish. Some look, yeah. Yeah. look bright red. Really? So, yeah. You can uh, go from a, a, like a, a brownish to a really orange, you know, yeah. almost looking. Yeah. And uh, Bob, Bob Lemley says, I don't think there's a subspecies. I think uh, all animals adapt to their habitat, become a product of environment. I agree. That's a good point, Bob. Yeah, yeah it's a very good point. Um, okay, so we got OT in the house. And OT, who else? Welcome. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Jay said, in all, <laughs> Jay said, in all, what? everything's moving in the chat. Oh, fat people <laughs> like me. No, no, no. Okay, come on, Jay. Let's not talk about fat people here now because. Uh... Right, and, and, and Patrick, hey, welcome Patrick as well. Um, Patrick said there should be slight variance within their species just to do different demands of geography. Yeah, I agree. And Central Florida Bigfoot's in the house. So folks are wandering welcome. in. Yeah. Central Florida, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, Guess who else is in the house? Bigfoot Okanagan. Welcome, oh. welcome. So everybody's popping oh, in. Oh, man, now. guys, it's good to have you. Yeah. We get so, you back on, too. That, yeah, we got to get we gotta get Leon back on here. Yeah. So, you know, so that question was posed to me, and that's the answer. I said, maybe there's different races, uh, which may yeah. attune for some not necessarily dimorphism, but some of their skin tenations or right. maybe their, you know, well, why even, does this one seem to have a flatter face than the other ones? Even or why? facial features. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so don't know. It could be, uh, or it could be just environmental or a, or slash nutritional factors yeah, as you know, well. So who a knows? lot of the stuff could be explained like, uh, the, the, the build body type could be explained by the environment too. You know, you got yeah. those guys that are living in the really uh, heavy, rugged, mountainous terrain. Yep. Well, chances are they're going to be big, barrel-chested, uh, earlier. Yep. Yeah, big, heavy-duty guys. And then you got the the ones living in the swamps in Florida. Well, you know, it's it's not surprise they're kind of scrawny. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the skunk apes are not known to be extremely tall yeah. um, or burly, um, and the ones in the Northeast tend to be very lanky. So. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's very interesting. So anyway, uh, getting uh, let's pop over to some some news this week. And like I said, there wasn't really much Bigfoot news except that that one YouTube video, um, yeah. <laughs> kind of <laughs> highlighting the Miller Doc, which is garbage. Uh, we've proven that. Uh, but uh, I've been following the story of uh, Gabby Petito and her fiance Bri- uh, Brian Laundry. Um, and Central Flo- Big Florida Bigfoot is in the middle of one half of that battle going on right now. Um, uh, in case people don't know, uh, there was this couple, Brian Laundry, uh, not laundry spelled like you're doing laundry, but actually it's R I E, uh, the last uh, in the uh, yeah. last name. <laughs> And her, his fiance Gabby Petito, Petito, and they decided to take a cross-country trip. And they, you know, very popular on Instagram, at least Gabby is, and taking pictures the whole way of these different travels, trying to be like these outdoorsy types of folks. Yeah. Um, and they left, uh, and in August twelfth, um, they apparently had gotten pulled over after some erratic driving by Brian uh, Laundry. Um, and, um, oops, I don't need to do that. There we are. And here Uh, is, uh, some body cam footage of the actual pullover. Um, 
as we can see, they um, oh. got got pulled over. Uh, you can see the van in the shot there. Um, yeah, I'm trying to. Now yeah. there's another shot, and there's Gabby in distress a little bit, uh, talking. You know, and she was pulled out of the car and whatnot. Um. So anyway, that was the last anybody really publicly saw of Gabby. Um, that was on August 12th. Mm. Uh, the last, the family heard, they heard from her again on August 25th. Then between the 25th and the 30th, they heard from her once on the 30th. However, the family believed it was not her writing it because it did not sound like her, did not, you know, did not write like her, did not, you know, respond to the questions like she normally would. Right. So on September 1st, Guess who shows up back home in Florida by himself with the van, but Brian Laundry. Huh. Now, what's happened in the last 24 hours has been very extremely interesting and very tragic. Uh, there was a lot of pressure on Brian Laundry to answer questions about, you know, well, where is, you know, where did he leave Gabby right. and the family? And the parents aren't talking. Brian Laundry wasn't talking. And now Brian has gone missing. The police don't know where he is. And so he is somewhere in Florida and they're searching swamps of Florida and parks in Florida because the, the family said, oh, well, he, he went walkabout basically to clear his head because of all this media pressure. So he disappears now. So they're looking for him. Meanwhile, they're, they're trying to figure out where do they search. Now, the, they got pulled over in Moab, Utah, but they were last known to be in the Grand Tetons in Wyoming, wow. uh, uh, known as the Spread Creek Dispersion Camp in that area. And uh, the interesting thing was yesterday morning, a YouTuber by the name of Red, White, and Bethune uh, came on and said, hey, you know what? We just happened to be out in this area. And let yeah. me pull up their statement. And this, this is very intriguing. But anyway, we were editing our Sunday video tonight. We were looking at footage from on August 27th. Mind you, this is the period of time they believe she went missing. Right. Around 6 p.m. to 6.30. Now, mind you, where they were at Spread Creek, you know, is a hard two days drive. I mean, hard. So it would take two to three days probably to get from that area back to Florida driving without, right. you, know, yeah. you know, taking some, some minimal rest intervals. Right. Um, uh, we had passed by a white van with Florida plates. We noticed it because we were originally from Florida and wanted to stop. When we passed the van, all the lights were off. It didn't look like any. So they think this could be the van. Now, right. here, here are some interesting things about. Uh, you'll see here's the picture of the van, uh, screen cap from the YouTube video. Yeah. And we know it's the same make model. Right. The interesting yeah. thing I found immediately was if you look at the the uh police cam it has the same stickers on the bottom ah, corner ah okay yeah now you see that on the uh the video there but even more interesting in another screen cap of them passing and this kind of cements it that it's their yeah. vehicle but if you look very closely what is on the dashboard of that vehicle oh. Looks like some sort of hat with a patch hat, on the yeah, front of it. Like yeah. a sun hat or something. Yeah. Right. Exactly. 
Now, when you look at the webcam footage, there's Gabby in distress, and what is on the hood of the oh, car? Oh, that's the hat. That's it, dude. That that's is it. the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, so, so this morning, the uh, the state police, the sheriff's department, the FBI all searched uh, this area where the van was. Right. And unfortunately, uh, they have discovered remains. Oh, man. And uh, the latest uh, FBI conference was that the remains were consistent with Gabby Petito. Oh. So a very, very sad and tragic ending to this story. Um, You know, well, it's not over yet. I should say it's a very sad conclusion. Uh, Yeah, I was kind of hoping they would find her alive, like somewhere in Oklahoma. There was was always that hope. Yeah. But it was about 2 p.m. Eastern today. They found that body and they made an initial uh, comment, uh, initial press conference saying they found remains consistent, but uh, they haven't confirmed it. And then they came out a little later saying, well, it is very consistent. We believe it's her. And so very, very, very sad, sad Ending to her, oh, man. and let's yeah. uh, you know now let's find this little dirt bag and put him where he belongs. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's just unfortunate. And well, very- you know, it's, it's really uh, it's, it's a tragedy, and uh, a lot of people do that though because I see. I mean, not, obviously not kill people, mm-hmm. but they travel around in little vans and SUVs and do YouTube videos. Hey, I'm at this place. You know, yep. this is what's here. I lo- I really like that stuff. Yep, I do. I, I enjoy watching. <clears throat> I used to love to travel, and now I, I yep. really can't travel that much. And there are some great channels out there too. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, I'll post some subscription links to them uh, down the road. But there's one guy I watch. Uh, I forget his name. Traveling Pool or something like that. And he goes throughout all of Europe and South America and stuff like that. And yeah. He goes to some of the worst neighborhoods just to see how they are. He's been through India and stuff like that. He's right. from England originally. And uh, it's really right. neat because you get the flavor of the cultures he goes to. Right. And uh, some of those places, I'd be like, huh, I wouldn't want to go there. <laughs> you know, well, just, you, know, you know, some of the places they talk about, like, you know, they tell you stories like, oh, you don't want to go and. Yep. Uh, in the Bronx at night or something on a certain side of town, you know, in, in the warehouse district or something. Yep. Well, you know, a lot of times that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know what? I, I've walked the Bronx. Um, yeah. uh, I had to, uh, uh, when I was working for the feds as an undercover, which I have mm-hmm. done, uh, I had to go down to their, uh, their branch right around the corner from the World Trade Center, where the World Trade Center right. was. Wow. At the, yeah. the federal district court inside is the, you know, the FBI headquarters there. And uh, so I, I had to go in there to, to get my IDs made up and, and all that wonderful stuff. And then I, while my partner was, was doing his thing, um, I, I, I meandered to, uh, the, you know, the uh, ground zero memorial and stuff like that. Yeah. But it, it never, it, it, we, so we took the train back to the Bronx where we had parked the vehicle. Right. Um, in a lot, and as we we're walking down there, it was it was you know probably nine ten o'clock at night. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was like a street carnival. There were vendors on the side of the roads and on the side of the streets, and they were you know some oh, of the yeah, ethnic yeah, yeah. some of the ethnic uh, fruits and vegetables that you don't normally see when you go to like your supermarket. You, right. You know you see these kind of different you know 
cassabas. I mean, who damn where? You, you can't go to a, a, a restaurant. You know, can, can right. I get a cassaba? Wait a minute, we don't sell that. So it was really, really a, a well, cultural. Yeah. Most and of those the, places are like, you know, right. safe if you go, you know, yeah. stick and to the, the main area. Yeah, know? and the, the smells were just phenomenal of all the local Oh, fares. yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was getting hungry. Uh, I've done surveillances in Brooklyn, and there was this. Bakery. You know, bakery, <laughs> yes. yes. And I was like, I got to get a cannoli. <laughs> and they take the shell, and they fill them right there. Yeah, you know, like, okay, and they, dude, that was something oh. that I, I didn't mind about uh, New York because a lot of the places where I had to go, you know, if you had the window down, you could just this fresh, yeah. uh, fresh cooked bread smell would uh, yep. like hit you and be like, God, I'm hungry now. That yeah. smells so good. Where's this coming yeah. from? You know, <laughs> and supermarkets are real smart. Um, yeah, <laughs> have I ever seen the more movie The Warriors? Warriors come out Warriors. and play. Yeah, absolutely. That's a class cult classic. Um, in fact, oh. that was uh the Warriors. I if I'm not mistaken, uh yes. never mind. I, I'm I'm, yes. I'm confusing it with somebody I, else. I have but. seen that. It's been many years ago, but I remember it's it's two rival gang or a rival gang is yep. got one guy wounded. They're trying to get back to their territory. Yeah, they got I, set up. They got set I, up to I kill. I remember but, that, but yeah. it's been oh yeah. wow, I don't know. Aaron Malenka. Aaron says that today's happy talk like a pirate day. Aramani. Um <laughs> So anyway, Aaron, let's. Aaron yep. been watching those sailing videos on YouTube. Yep. I have too, man. I love that. Before we get to our topic, which we're going to get to in like 10 seconds here, oh. you know, one of the tricks the uh, supermarkets do is they pipe in their, their baking ovens into the vestibules I believe of that. the store. So when yeah. you walk in, that smell hits you, it gets you hungry, and you tend to buy more yeah. groceries. Oh, it hungry. works for me. It works on me. Dude, once I smell bread cooking, that's it. I'm hungry. You know. Yep. That's, yeah. There's nothing else like that smell. <laughs> Okay, so let's get on with the show tonight. Today we're going to be talking about <laughs> we are okay. going to be talking about uh, primate nests, Bigfoot nests, all Yay. kinds of neat stuff. And to understand Bigfoot nests, we should look at primate nests and their motivations behind them in, in types of constructions they use. Right. Um, so. So here we go. This is the the, uh, the the main topic of the night, and we can start a discussion afterwards. And uh, so anyway, uh, nest building in primates. Nest building in primates refers to the behavior of building nests by uh, exodent stirrupines, lemurs, and lorisoids, and hominid apes, humans, chimpanzees, gorillas, and orangutans. Uh, Ed, you, oh, Ed, your second bullet point here. Oh, I forgot to take yes. that one out. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, hominid apes build nests for sleeping at night and some species for sleeping during the day. Nest building by uh, hominid apes is learned by infants watching the mother and others in the group and is considered tool use rather than animal architecture. So there you go there. Huh. So arbor, arboreal sites are common. Some small monkeys sleep solitary in small groups using tree holes, while many larger primates, that's what we're looking at, sleep on bare branches even when predominantly terrestrial at times. Ah, very interesting. So in addition, some large body primates sleep terrestrially on bare ground or on cliffs. So oh. some will sleep on bare ground. Uh, Dude, such I would as, not want to sleep on a cliff. 
Yeah. I roll mean. around too much at night. <laughs> you know, I get up, take a whoa. Um, I get up to use a tree. Um, so, uh, great apes universally build nests in which to sleep at night and sometimes during the day. Yeah. Uh, nest building is a habitual behavior in great apes. That means it's a habit. So, constructions are built for short periods only and never serve as a shelter for caching the young. So, so in other words, the great apes, uh, not hominids or not homo sapiens, but because uh, we do, we walked our own path in a lot of different things, although there are things we do that are very similar. So what that's saying is that the nest building is a temporary thing for, for the, the, the great apes um, and that they don't you build them just to keep their kids in. So that they take sense. their kids with them when they go. Right. And you'll understand why as we continue on. Uh, hominid apes construct nests during the, you know, primarily for resting. That is the main purpose of mm. the construction is for just resting. Now us, you know, it's a little different because uh, we, uh, you know, we build our houses not only for resting, but for entertainment, for relaxation and hangout. Like this is a lot of times our homes are our foci areas. If we t go yeah. back to the primate behavior, um, uh, uh, program so if you think about it we now we understand you know a little bit now of why they nest and welcome prairie fire you're right better late than never prairie fire. and uh, okay nests are not built using instinct but through behavioral patterns which are learned by the young from their parents or their clan so this is representative of, of culture because different groups will build different types of nests depending on terrain, what's available for material, etc. Wow. Nest building is habitual behavior, and nest counts and, and uh, fecal analysis at each site can be used to determine estimate hominid ape population counts and composition. Wow. Mike Stetton, good evening. Hey, Mike. Um, so, so if we think about it, if there are nests... In any type of, of creature, there should be scat. Yeah. So uh, there should be scat. So. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I don't know if they're going to be going in their nests, though. No, but they'd be going around the nests. You would think. Yeah. 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 In fact, uh, there was uh, in, in some of the reading I, I was reading, the chimpanzees are very, very particular about grooming and. Stuff like that, and their nests actually contain less fecal and uh, uh, body origin um, right. microbes than a human Homo sapien bed. Wow. <laughs> Believe it or not, they're actually cleaner, and it's because of their level of grooming. They spend a lot of their time going behind each other, picking yes. stuff off, and yeah. stuff like that. Chimpanzees so. are famous for that. They they love to groom each other. They're very. Uh, well, they call it interpersonal. They, right. they really, you know, hands-on a lot. Of course, the other thing, too, is, is you should think about it, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit, too. Um, but one of those things is, is a cleaner bed with less secretions or skin, or skin uh, tags or, yeah. you know, dried skin and stuff like that uh, actually lessens the availability of parasitic creatures such as Bed bugs, mites, right. mosquitoes, etc. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Jay, I hate to break this to you, Bigfoot does not lay eggs. 
Unless Jay, it's related to the platypus. <laughs> they probably don't, Jay. Uh, <laughs> uh oh. So low rider uh, talking about uh timber giant Bigfoot. Oh yeah. Oh. Now we know timber giant Bigfoot. Is that the same uh, uh I don't know if that's the same dude as uh uh is uh, that the guy was, is that Jeff Patterson Timber Bigfoot? Uh, I don't know. No, no. I think I don't, uh, I, I don't think so. Timber either. giant was I think the one that busted the uh the Ohio uh, tree shaking hoax thing, wasn't it? Oh, well, that, that was uh, that was Mike Stover. Oh, Mike. Okay, that was Mike Stover. Um, and that okay. was that I'm was lost because I haven't watched Timber Giant videos in a long time. Yeah, and I get there's so many channels on YouTube. I get them mixed up. You know, I do watch a lot of it. I'm gonna but... find out right now. <laughs> yeah, B. I watched them too. Uh, I, I like, you know, of course, you know, there's some of them that I, I don't watch because it's obviously, you know, somebody yeah. in a gorilla suit playing around. Yeah. If but, that's, if that's Jeff Patterson, then, uh, uh then we know, uh, it's not yeah. the guy we want. Uh, I'm just uh, doing a quick, quick search here. Uh, some of my favorites was, uh, butchy kid, uh, is it Butchy Kid six twenty four or something like that? He does the the Bigfoot videos, but you know, uh, on his Bigfoot steals a dirt bike and uh, <laughs> things of that nature. They they're pretty funny. And it's obviously you know a, a joke. You know, it, it doesn't make any claims. That, oh, this is really Bigfoot. No, no, it's not. The, it's not the same guy as. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, geez. yeah, B. Everson. No, no, I was gonna say. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, the, the gorilla hands. That's the a gorilla good hands. Yep. Okay, Timber Giants in Canada. Okay, not not the same guy. Okay, not the not moving the, on. So uh, back into here. So here's a chart, basically showing the reasoning why primates will nest where they nest. Um, you know, for example. Uh, you know, is it thermoregulation? Is it predator avoidance? Is it for comfort? And you'll see that mostly uh, when it comes to uh, gorilla barangay and uh, gorilla gorilla, um, for the most part, well, for gorilla, uh, uh, gorilla, mountain gorilla, they do that for predator avoidance. Um, Whereas Gorilla Barangay tends to uh, do it for thermoregulation. In other words, keep warm or cool. Mm. Um, considering Gorilla Barangay is in a jungle atmosphere, I would say it would be to keep cooler. Um, and then it has their selectivity is based on uh, Gorilla Barangay is based on the site and material. Right. Um, and the same with uh, whereas Gorilla Barangay um uh, it is something a little bit different. They um, they actually choose you know more material than they do um, site. Yeah. So and if you look down the, the road, it'll talk about the chimpanzees and how they like pan troglodyte and the different types of uh, you know champs champs again thermoregulation uh, site and that some will choose food resources as another um, like. Uh, uh, the uh, pan paniscus will choose uh, just strangely, strangely, they're all about the food. 
So and uh, thermoregulation. So and then secondary to material. So it's you know they they select their sites you know obviously for for different reasons. So let's look at each of the of the great apes. Um, uh, gorilla nesting. Gorillas construct nests for day and night use. Day nests tend to be single aggregations of branches and leaves on the ground, while night nests are more elaborate constructions, usually on the ground, but sometimes in trees, especially those of juveniles and females uh, in areas submitted to high poaching pressure. Believe it or not, when they get poached, ah. they're smart enough to realize that we got to go upstairs right? So to, to avoid getting, you know, clipped on the ground. Young animals nest with their mother, but do not construct nests until they're three years of age, initially in close proximity to their mother. Gorilla nests are distributed randomly in tree species used appears to be opportunistic. So they would only choose trees that, so it's not, you know, like I'm going to pick this particular tree. It's like whatever's available. Right. Like sets. Um, OT asks, you know, gorilla, gorilla, major predators, what, leopards maybe? I remember seeing a show. No. Um, uh, gorilla, gorilla, uh, major predators, humans, the poachers. So that's, <laughs> and they understand that. Well, you know, yeah. start, you know, they understand when some one of them gets shot or, you know, just like any other predator, you, you know, it's no different than a, than like the gorilla barangay, you know, with, with, uh, perhaps a lion or, um. Or other types of animals, um, so it, you got to understand. They understand very well that hey, they're being predated by by humans. So we're gonna take our own measure. That's why a lot of them are very leery of humans. Well, I know uh, chimpanzees are super smart, and I don't really know much about uh, the intelligence of gorillas uh, because I, I never have had the opportunity to be around. The gorillas to doing observation, right? But now with and, chimpanzees, man, those dudes are smart. Mm -hmm. Well, there's some examples of gorilla nests. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's cool. Now, now we'll talk about chimpanzee nesting. Ah, yes. So, nest building is seen in chimpanzee is seen in chimpanzees who construct arboreal night nests. That means on the floor, that's lacing cool. together branches from one or more trees. At some research sites, such as Billy Forest in the Congo, the Billy Apes, chimpanzees can build a significant proportion of their nests on the ground. And that makes a lot of sense because the Billy Apes are kind of up there in the in the predatory range. They're very smart. They're larger than the other chimpanzees. And then nests consist of a mattress supported on a strong foundation and lined above with soft leaves and twigs. So there's a multi-layer. Unlike the gorilla, it's a multi-layer of uh, supported by twigs and then leaves. Yeah. So pretty smart. Pretty, pretty smart. Those twigs are poking me in the back, man. I'm gonna lay some more leaves on there. That's, that's pretty yeah. good. And you can see yeah. there that that yeah. there, here's some great examples of how you know you'll see that nice leafy, you know, whatever. And and here you have a couple of different types of fauna that they're using to kind of relax and chill. Right. Um <laughs> one's on the ground, the other one is obviously in a tree. Um, you know, off the ground, and that happens. So yeah. next, next we talk about the orangutan nesting. Yeah, they the, yeah, yeah they build day and night nests. Initially, a suitable tree is located. Orangutans are selective about sites, even though many tree species are utilized. 
So they're a little bit picky. The foundation is built by pulling together branches. Now, you want to think chimpanzees are elaborate. Mm. These guys, um, they pull together branches under them by joining them at a point. After the foundation has been built, they bend smaller leafy branches on the foundation. This serves the purpose of and is termed as the mattress. After that, orangutans braid the tips of branches into the mattress. The orangutans make pillows by clumping together leafy branches with leaves in the center wow. and twig shoots pointed outward. Pillows are added to night nests, but are usually absent from day nests. Wow. And a blanket consists of large leafy branches with which the orangutans cover themselves after laying down. Wow. And These guys are the uh, Albert Einsteins. And orangutans <laughs> may create a waterproof overhead shelter for the nest by braiding together a loose selection of branches. Okay. So, wow. so if you look at the three, the more the most complicated one. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just completely blown away. <laughs> I've never studied orangutans at all because they're such a small, uh, small group, but. Well, they're only located in Borneo. Is it? I believe that's correct. Well, if, if you think about it, you know, gorillas are only located in certain spots in Africa, and so oh, are yeah, chimps. But, but yeah, they all have. Different... Yeah, they're all. But, uh, yeah, it's Man, very, very that interesting. Is, that blows me away. I, I can't believe that they make they're blankets. actually uh, braiding stuff together. They're creating, creating something. So to, to me, it looks like the orangs just they want. They're making nests for what? Comfort. Oh comfort Dude. yeah so and hello laughing picker welcome 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 <laughs> welcome uh so that's, that's, you know, that's and, awesome yeah and you know you look at the the thickness of that one it seems a little thicker than you would see like a chimp nest right um so they definitely these dudes they're building one to lay down in that's comfortable and they're also keeping the uh, rain off their heads too and of course Smart. Human nesting. Okay. <laughs> Human nesting. Humans build structures that are called constructions, but they can do. I don't know. Just looking for a random picture of a person and that oh. was in the cache. And if you look at the, there's an Easter egg in that picture somewhere too. Just to look yes, I did. <laughs> there is. There is an I'll Easter. I'll see him. I'll make it a little bigger for everybody. There we go. Oh, gosh. Just look at the front porch. Yeah. <coughs> Igor has built him a uh, an igloo. Bring uh, <laughs> an igloo in the neighborhood. Um, I'm concrete. Okay. Uh, they're called constructions. Um, they do serve the same function as non-human primate nests. In other words, we sleep there and blah, blah, blah. Modern construction can be built with a variety of materials, most common ones being clay, concrete, stone, and wood. Obviously, yeah. we're primates, so this is about primate nesting. Yeah. And boots on the ground with Barb is in the house. <laughs> Welcome, Barb. So, anyway, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Birdies um, on the front porch. So... <laughs> So, tree to ground sleep transition. While nest construction oh, yeah. likely contributed to the great leap forward in the evolution of great 
ape cognition. The tree-to-ground transition may have resulted in a similar leap in hominins. The proportion of nests at lower heights and on the ground increases in areas with lower or absent predation pressure. So that makes sense, I think, right. for a Sasquatch to be on the ground. is Because, let's face it, they don't have much predation. And if they're nocturnal, and I didn't have time to, to dig this up, but when Henner Farenbach took his, um, did his statistical studies, even though there were a, a good amount of daytime sightings, the proportion percentage of nighttime sightings was greater than that of the daytime sightings. So it wasn't that there was many, there was more in count. If you think about it, we are diurnal. So, of course, most of our sightings would be in the daytime. Right. So that's, um, tag and I'll show that all subspecies of chimpanzees sometimes build night nests on the ground, which is, again, they're thinking, you know, think about it. We have less predation at night. So, because other animals are, you know, the ones that, Hence the poachers and maybe the homo sapiens are, are wandering around during the day. So we're going to sleep at night. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's the thing too. That's why I like to, when I, when I would get out and do the boots on the ground in the field, I'd like to go during the day rather than at night because at nighttime, man, you know, they could be 20 feet away from you in the dark. And if they're standing still being quiet, you'll never see them. You'll never hear them. You just walk right by them. Yeah. Uh, OT has a question, says, Steve, wasn't the Olympic Project doing something on nests, wondering if there ever have been tree nests? Well, I know they, they have been. We had uh, Shane on uh, Corson on a while back, and they were investigating uh, that. They were working with uh, Derek Randalls and Dr. Jeff Meldrum trying to get some eDNA for that. I know they had Indiegogo page for, for sponsorship to, you know, get the money for testing of the eDNA, which uh, was listed about a thousand dollars per sample uh from all i know i haven't heard anything except some of the hair samples uh which seem to be primate in nature but lack that medulla that will give us the genetic information so i uh, you know the they've had a lot of success in nests with edna collection however i have heard nothing about the olympic project edna collection if it's been sent to testing yet or we're not so some um, of the photos of the nests structures like they had been finding though was really really interesting it was and, uh, yeah. i've never seen anything like that and it, it's really cool but then again but then again you know what does a sasquatch nest look like i don't know <laughs> i mean we, we yeah we've seen three different primates who construct their nests in three separate ways yeah um, uh, how many nests did the Olympic project find is a follow-up question. I have no idea. That would be a question for the Olympic project. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, that I do not know. Uh, David Wickham, uh, just popped in. Hello, David. He Welcome, said 21 David. initially. So he knows that number. Oh, okay. I did not. Cool. So, thank you, David, for answering that. That's so, a lot of nests. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so you know, the, the photos that I've looked at though, of those nests was really I really liked it. I don't know if they are Sasquatch nests. I don't know. But uh, it looks like it could be. <laughs> so here's... Um, and Aaron says, wouldn't those have to be some serious trees? Aren't Squatches uh, pretty darn heavy? You know, oh. there's a lot... Yeah. And Aaron, that's a great point. Uh, because yeah. 
if you think about it, gorillas when they're young, and, and to much of our extent, us when we're younger, and even the you know, uh, if you notice, the older one gets in the primate world, the less we tend to climb, unless yeah. of course we have a prehensile tail, and that's our major uh, route of travel is trees, like the the old world monkeys and the new world monkeys. Right. So. The heavier we get, and we forget something too, uh, we also get less nimble uh, as we yep. get older. You know, when we're younger, we're always in the trees. Even as Homo sapiens, we have monkey bars, and we like to climb trees. And I don't know how many times you tell a kid, your kid, "Hey, get out of that tree!" Right? <laughs> Why are you climbing? That you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to come. You know, down they go. Anyway, um, and the reason why is is because number one, when we're younger. We're much more flexible. We're lighter. And the other thing is we're more yeah. nimble. We can move those, but we're also learning. We're learning how to use the hands and how to use the feet. And even though we may be eight, nine, ten years old and we're still climbing trees, we're still learning. It's always that learning process. Then we get to a certain age, our teens, and we start stop climbing trees so much. Now we do have some folks that I'm gonna go rock climbing. Hey, that's fine. That's a yeah. that's a hobby. That's an interest. And you know, uh, but as a Sasquatch, oh, initially, people keep saying, "Oh, well, I got to be like twelve hundred pounds, fifteen hundred pounds." I don't see them that heavy. Maybe five, six hundred pounds tops. Um, you know, something a seven foot tall. They're not going to be fifteen hundred. Yeah, but they're probably they're, the the point being though they they are way too heavy to be making them a little bitty uh, right. uh, nest out of branches and stuff to lay across right. up the right. tree. Exactly, and the branches would have to be pretty. So you know, can a bigfoot climb a tree if it needs to? I'm sure it can. Oh, can they're young? Yeah. Will they're young climb a tree? I'm sure they do. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure they do. Yeah. All the other primates would. Think about the New York, uh, the Pridgen video, or a.k.a. the New York baby video, where you have that uh, single one swinging in the tree while the bigger one is walking around on the bottom. Right. Um, there's a reason why the big one didn't go up the tree. Um, yeah. and meanwhile, the little one who's very small, you know, uh, hard to say pretty small. I, I want to say smaller in comparison to the bigger one and to people. Um but is that a Bigfoot? Don't know. Uh, Don't know. But, you know, I started out with that video being highly skeptical, Steve. And then after you pointed out some things and I got to watching it, like, you know, studied frame by frame, I was like, hey, I like this. Yep. <laughs> and that's what you have to do is, is yeah. people that watch it on the preface. Thing, eh, right. But you sit there and you start watching it. Um, you start watching it uh, frame by frame. Mm -hmm. then you start, you know, uh, learning. Um, you start learning very carefully. Hang on, I'm just changing some things up here. Yeah. Um, you start learning that there's something more to this film than what you're seeing, right. you know, initially, because it's so quick. So, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so considerations when building nests, predation, obviously, you want to stay clear from predators. Thermoregulation, in other words, you want to have a place that's either cool in the in the warmer areas or you want places that are warm in the colder areas. Right. 
avoidance of disease and parasites. That's also a big uh, consideration amongst the primates. You want to avoid places that, you know, are covered in feces or, you know, covered in bat guano or any of that stuff. Right. Uh, you, which is a big reason why I do not believe that a Sasquatch normally caves because number one, if most of the caves only have one in way, one way in and one way out, I'm sure if they were cave dwellers, we would be nailing them. Uh, we would have nailed at least a few of them by now cornered in a cave. Right. So the other thing I, I would also say is that caves are traditionally cooler and damper and have bats sometimes and nests yeah. of you know insects so there is a number of reasons why i don't think a cave is an ideal place in fact you look at the other primates with the exception of some baboons most primates do not nest or house themselves in caves wow. so and welcome lester lester so that that's usually um you know, big thing. Comfort, obviously, that you want to lay. And then again, a cave is not really that comfortable, is it? Well, you know, uh, you as far it'll be rocky and stuff in there, or dusty, or, or dusty. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. But now the temperature regulation is a big deal. So between, depending right. on where you're at, you know, the it could be from 55 degrees to 70 so degrees. Right. So. Uh, in the summertime, if you're like a big woolly, hairy thing, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that cool air might feel pretty good. And in the wintertime, if it's zero degrees outside, you can go in here and it's 55, dude. You know, that's like, right. you know. Uh, but, but, but here's the other thing about that, too. Mm. The, it seems to be the number one consideration is predation. Ah, now, yeah. now, if yeah. you're a nocturnal animal, you're a nocturnal animal. Yeah. All right, so that means you got to worry about the diurnal predators. Right. So you would avoid caves if you're nocturnal, and then you want to sleep during the day because that's where all your other nocturnals are sleeping. Your bears, mm. your cats, they're all sleeping during the day. You innately like sleeping in caves. Right. Yeah. Uh, bears, not so. Well, bears depend. You know, bears are iffy, but, yeah. but cats love, love caves. <laughs> yeah. Bats love caves. Yes. And what is and what are there in bats? Lots of guano, lots of disease. COVID. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and, and, yes. and you're right. Uh, I agree. Caves don't typically have a separate exit. That's right. There may yeah. be some that do. They may have a smaller. I, I've been in a cave. Um, in fact, I've been in Skinwalker Cave in, in uh, New Mexico. And uh, that has a smaller um smaller opening yeah so uh oh something to sasquatch about welcome 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 <laughs> good to see you yeah um, made it in good uh, and of course sean <laughs> so <laughs> so to me that's so comfort obviously you want to be in a place of comfort and spatial distancing you want to be away from you know all you know primates like to have even though their family group likes it's not like uh, koi dogs or coyote or anything like that where they they're pack sleepers you know they tend right. to maybe the family unit sleeps but then they sleep at a distance of uh, uh so you have that and i'm just looking at some of the chat comments yeah so again 
<laughs> this is an example of spatial distancing between chimpanzees' nests. Um, you know, as you can see, they took the middle section, and there were some considerations for other sites. Right. Um, but you see, they're pretty evenly distributed out over an area. Right. So think about that in terms. If a Sasquatch group is nesting somewhere, uh oh, the bat bomb is in the house. <laughs> bat mom, welcome. Um, with so, the, uh, with chimpanzees, you know they tend to uh, kind of like hang out in in groups too for security. Right. They're know? very social, and it's all part. And and that's also their tactic too when they hunt. Right. Yeah. Now, now yeah. does a Sasquatch hunt in groups? Uh, there's been some reports where people have seen a couple of them coordinating, or maybe three of them coordinating. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Leon says, what's Leon's comment here? Okay, so Bigfoot Okanagan said, humans make butchgrass nests, and guess what they are called? Sasquatch nests. They look uh, just like the nest found by the Olympic Project. You do a Google image search. Then that very well may be, and that may be very well be why they can't find any DNA in that. So I'm not <laughs> disputing that at all. Everything is up for, you know, subjection. Um, yeah. But if you have something like this, I'm sorry, like this. Um, uh, say the Olympic Project finds a whole line of nests like this. That, to me, is not indicative of a human type, uh, like a single human going in there. Right. right. So they found 21 nests. That in itself, I would like to see the spatial distancing between those nests. Yeah. Because if you have one here and one here and one here and one here, okay, that could be. That could be human sitting there. Okay, I'm going to plot my nest here today and hang out. I plot my nest here or here or here, right? Bushcraft, um, and that's what they call it, bushcraft. Um, however, if you have a whole line of nests that look like this, that's more primate-like or chimpanzee-like mm. and gorilla-like and orangutan-like versus human-like. Because humans, when they hunt, think about, um, and, and this would be a good way of looking at this, and Leon, I hope you think about this, is that look at the reason why a nest is being made. We have just looked, um, we have just looked at the considerations why and the purposes for building a nest. Rest, comfort, avoidance of predation, thermal regulation, Avoidance of disease and parasites, comfort and spatial distancing. That's right. why they make their nests. Right. And for sleep, when you have bushcraft, it's not made necessarily for long-term sleep or for uh, necessarily all the same reasons they are. And you think that when you have bushcraft, it's a single solitary being, not a group or a clan or whatever you want to call them. So if you think about that, if there's truly a clan, if they're truly nests that look like have this kind of spatial awareness to it, then that would be very indicative that there is a species rather than a solo hunter making a bunch of them. Yeah. Right? Makes no sense. Right. And, uh, <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, Chris says, my daughter asked me where Bigfoot sleeps in the, this morning. And I would say he sleeps wherever the hell he wants. <laughs> Although, Hello, Grass. Hello, Grass. Grasshopper. Uh, it says Motel 6. <laughs> Motel 6, yeah. <laughs> uh, leave the light on for you. We'll leave the lay on you for you. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, so, that would be a good way of looking at Is it bushcraft or is it? Or yeah, is it I've fruit? never seen anything like that, you know, in my tracks through the woods in Kentucky. So, that would okay. be a new one. And I know some of the areas that I go through, you know, are were pretty hot areas, and I had seen creatures in that area, so yep. I never found a nest like that. Doesn't mean there aren't any over there, I don't right. guess, but right. means right. I didn't find any, and I, I did quite a bit of walking at that yep. time, you know, around uh, 12 miles a day, <laughs> which for now, me at that time was pretty good. Now, if you think about it, now we're all you, we're all homo sapiens here, out of all those considerations, which of those would you put first? There's a good question. How about the chat? Out of all those considerations, I got mine which, already. <laughs> which one? Hey, Pat. Pat is in the house. Hello, Pat. <laughs> hey, Pat. Welcome. Um, out of all those considerations, as a human, which of first would you place into those considerations for building a nest or bushcraft? Myself would be comfort. Number one, comfort. You know, and part of that comfort would be out of the oh. element. You know. Central Florida Bigfoot. It says easy. Uh, <laughs> comfort for me, please. And then hey. the nest with a woman in it. Okay. OT says defense. Oh, no. But, uh, OT says there? defense. God. I don't, you know, maybe if you're going to. Think of it like I'm walking in the woods and I need to, to bed down for the night. What's the first consideration? I wouldn't say defense. Depends on where you're walking. I suppose if you're thinking about it, depends what kind of terrain you're in. If you're thinking about bears or or mountain cat, you know, maybe. I know yeah. my first probably consideration, if I'm walking around the Dax, my first consideration is I'm going to find myself a nice, comfortable place, first of all. And then the rest of it will follow. Like, okay, is it comfortable? Yes. Is it avoiding predation? Okay. Yes. Okay. Is it thermoregulating? Well, it may not be, but I got stuff in my bag, my bag or my pack that can take care of that. Yeah. You know, so. That's the thing, because now, you know, of course, you know, we, we were talking about like thousands and thousands of years ago, there would be different considerations for what we are, what we have today. Right. Like number one, we're not really concerned about predation. Okay. Right. If a bear or a mountain lion comes at me, you know, I'll just pull out the pistol and boom. Now let's a couple shots in the air or, or something. He's gone. Right. Now let's, let's look at this way. Let's look at it from this angle as well. What if we're a group of five or six people? All of a sudden predation does not become a big issue for us as homo sapiens. Right. Right. You know, as it is, we're apex. We, you know, let's say we have a gun with us or whatever. Right. You know, and we're, you know, let's say we don't have a gun for that matter, but you know, strength in numbers. So you got four or right. five people with you. Pretty awesome. Predation comes down the list a little bit because right. there's strength in numbers. So again, what's the first thing you're going to be looking for? Is comfort. Yeah. Thermoregulation. You're all going to spread out a little bit, so you'll have spatial distancing, so your snoring doesn't wake up your neighbor, or if you know. <laughs> Or if in my case I had the spicy tacos that night, 
<laughs> I don't wake somebody out with other noises. <laughs> um, so anyway, <laughs> that's a horrible thought. <laughs> Facial distancing. <laughs> that's a horrible thought. <laughs> Make all the water curdle. Anyway, um, need some spatial distancing after Steve had the spicy tacos. <laughs> that's right. Um, but yeah, so that's just some of the uh, the thought processes to that. Um, so pop quiz. Ah. What kind of nests are we looking at there, folks? Anybody, anybody want to venture a guess what we're looking at? We'll, we'll give a people uh, a few seconds because it's yeah. just coming up on the screen now from when I yeah. see it. So if you're walking out in the backwoods and you run up on this, what's your first thought? Is that Sasquatch? Is that a Sasquatch nest? Never mind that fortune cookie thing in the middle. So we, we have several things. We have, you know, is it a Sasquatch nest? Is it a bushcraft? Or maybe I'm sneaking a, a, a um, <laughs> Somebody said Smurf nest. Smurf nest. That's well, it. yeah, I, I was I was gonna guess Easter Bunny, but Smurf nest. Know. Okay, so Easter this Bunny one. nest. It's an Easter Bunny nest. That's what it is. It's got okay, it. so in actuality, that's a bear nest. Yes, bears do den sometimes. <laughs> um, uh, I'd seen this before the show started, folks, and that surprised me. I was like, "What? Really? What?" Sure enough. Yeah, that's actually a, a, a bear, and they'll curl up in there. <laughs> okay, how about these? All right, next next one. So that one is just going to come up now. So we're I, I'm just trying to coordinate the answers. Okay, here we go. Ah. So there we are. Yeah. Take a look. What do you think, folks? Yeah, I was this one B. totally fooled Chris. Yeah, I, I was with B on this one. <laughs> Central Florida. B. Yeah, yeah. It says Eagle. That's what Anybody I else want to venture a guest. Yep, eagle. Prey, eagle or something. Yeah. Buzzard, something big. And Anything else? Anybody else? Does a bear nest in the Yes, it does. <laughs> if a bear poops in the wood, nobody's there to hear it. Does it make a noise? Anyway. Okay, so here we go. We got the, the the guesses being ventured. Yeah. <laughs> Squirrels, I don't know. Squirrels, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what they do with leaves? They do. They make big big nests like that with leaves. No, nope, so. that one is also a bear. A bear. I, they do yeah. nest. They will do nest in trees sometimes. Yeah. I was shocked. I was like, what? No way, dude. Yeah, that's also a bear, believe it or not. And I decided that this time to put a black bear just because. Last one was a brown bear. Now I'm going to do our grizzly maybe, bear. You know, there's a teddy bear nest, maybe. I don't know. Nothing like a good old Ursa. So, so yeah, that one was a... Uh... All right, folks, how about this one? Now, how many times have we seen YouTubers <laughs> saying, look at the Bigfoot nest. Yeah. Look at the Bigfoot <laughs> nest. And I climb in. Let me climb in. <laughs> well, Ryder thinks that this is possibly a three-toed Biscardi nest. Ah. Nope, nope. There was an absence of Snapple bottles. I've seen lots of these. And, and hold on. Anytime you have a Biscardi nest, there are Snapple bottles around. So we're, we're okay there. Look for the Snapple, empty Snapple bottle. And it has to be Diet Peach bottles. 
Ah, do we have a winner? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Bing, bing, bing. That's a coyote. That's right. man. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We got lots of them around. Yeah. There you go. But, you know, I don't think the coyote, coyote actually makes that. I, I think they just kind of like, they find a big pile of crap and like burrow into it. I don't know. I, I've, uh, I've been in a Dax and found a, a pretty large one. And the funny thing was, it was right off a trail. Yeah. Now, you're walking the trail, and there it is, 10 feet off the trail. Yeah, but dude, look at the ends of those things. Those have been chainsawed. So unless the coyote's got a, a yeah. steel 20 inch well, chain. They may grab them and, and drag them. That's true, I guess. They may grab them and drag them. They ain't going to be chopping down trees. No. Yeah. How about this one? Yeah, I got that one. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, folks? That one's, that one's going to come up here in about five seconds. So we're a little yeah. there. We are. Well, there's so a I'm, delay. There's a delay. Once it gets up on the screen. Well, yeah, well, you know, they have uh, to give me a seven second delay because you know me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What the hell? A hippo. <laughs> okay. The first oh, one up. Leon. The first Get one on this one was Lester Taylor. Lester. Of course, we also have James. Welcome, James. If oh, we yeah, didn't say yeah. hello to you, welcome, welcome. Hi, James. Pat, Bob. Squash talk. Pat. Squash. Yeah. Bing, bing, bing. Hey, you got it. Beaver. Yeah. Beaver. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Now let's talk about <laughs> some considerations with a Sasquatch. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> the porcelain. Where do you get his porcelain throne? He's sitting on there. There's no way, dude. No. Ace. Yeah. Ace hardware. <laughs> so, but that beaver one, though, you know, Steve kind of pulled a slick one there. He didn't show like you can't really tell. It's right near the water, and it's kind of hard to tell. But if you see the the sharpened ends, you know, the little, the sharpened, where the beaver been chewing the, the trees down. Yeah. That's a give it away. Give away. So, and we got to look at it from the aspect of different animals. Again, bears nest for different reasons. And just Google the term bear yeah. nests. And there, they are there, believe it or not. Um, so that, you know, I found, uh Oh, guess who just showed up? Whoa. Mick. <laughs> Mick's in the house. Welcome, there Mick. we are. Here comes trouble. Ah, uh, Mick, we were just uh, talking about beavers. <laughs> Please don't tell him that. You'll go <laughs> on for the next half hour. <laughs> so, talking about beaver nest. Right. And Steve showed an, uh, an American eagle or, or an eagle nest. Up no. in the trees, and he's trying to play it off as a bear. Did it? That was a bear nest. I, I don't believe that. Dang it! I <laughs> <laughs> was a bear nest. I wouldn't lie. I lie. Uh, a... But you know, I was. I saw all the sticks and everything. I'm thinking, oh, that's a that's a bird of prey. That's like something big, eagle or or a hawk or a buzzard or something big. Buzzard. Yeah, buzzard, 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 turkey vulture. <laughs> Keep it clean. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're clean. Yeah. That's, that's right. They're in a pond. Of course, they're clean. Yes. Anyway, um, you know, God forbid we talk about cougars. <laughs> uh -oh. B says Mick Chris is trying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Thank me. So anyway, uh, we're just going to take a quick moment here. Just so people know, there will be no Squatch DTV next Sunday night. Because we'll be on assignment. So what? Chris, are you looking behind you for something? Uh, Yeah, that's... (laughs) My TV was on screen saver and it just popped up. I was like, what? Who changed the channel? <laughs> I'm a ghost. And that's right. Sasquatch Festival, Saturday, September 25th, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., Whitehall, New York. Guest speakers include the one and only Squatchinator, Steve. Yeah, I'm not the Squatchinator. <laughs> I'll be back. Um, uh, Squatchinator. We'll take it. I like that. With the Squatch Detective, Steve Coles. Get me to the tree knocker. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. That's, that's funny, Mike. Squatchinator. Of course, I said the magic word to Mick. <laughs> Cougars. <laughs> so, anywho. Uh, yeah, so... So next Sunday, um, I'm actually going to be out on mission. Uh, Saturday night, I'll be on mission. Sunday night, I'll be in mission. So it's going to be a busy weekend for me. And Monday, I'm taking off just to soak my head in the <laughs> in a pot of hot water or something. Just to so. Uh, oh really? We're going to play that game? <laughs> All right, really? Who's Steve kills? Come on, will you? Oh, here, here's an idea. Will I do a show Sunday Halloween night? Yes. Absolutely. We, we can. Ah, that's a good theme night. Maybe we'll do the scariest Bigfoot yeah. movies. Or the dumbest Bigfoot movies, depending. That'd be a uh, good idea. You know, as we as we near Halloween, though, I completely expect a lot more videos to surface on YouTube because a lot of people are going to be buying gorilla costumes for Halloween Bigfoot and they've costumes. always, oh yeah, let's put it on and film a Bigfoot yeah. video yeah. every year, every year. So I guess the big point of tonight is trying to get some thought from people provoking thought of, you know, you see a nest, does it make sense? You know, how many times have we seen all these tree bends? Oh, it's a Bigfoot nest and it's a tree bed. Like where does it sleep? Um, we see other things that, that could easily, easily be confused as we can see, you know, everybody's going bear nests. They, they, yeah, they do. So are people confusing bear nests with Sasquatch nests, you know, and one thing, um, the one thing that's really, really important is the amount of dung around those nests. Because you think about it, if there's a Bigfoot nest, there's got to be dung because they're going to get up, they're going to move off because unlike elk, deer, um, and other um, ungulates, when an ungulate rests and then it decides it's going to get up, it will crap right then and there, right into its nest, right into where it was bedded down for the night and move on. Yeah. Right? But, But... but oh. a primate will not. A primate will go someplace else. Right. Because then they, they may decide to come back to the nest and lay down for a little bit more. So if you think about it, there's got to be an area around these nests that's going to have a dump site. No pun intended. You know, and if you're not finding that, if you find a nest and then a little while later you find some bear scat 
or some, you know, yote scat or, right. you know, I didn't even look up wolf dens, um, yeah. but I could have, uh, or wolf nests. Uh, just Google the terms. You can find pictures online all day. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it, if the, you know, if there's scat nearby and it belongs to a bear, guess what you found? You found a bear nest. Right. Yeah. You know, um, you know, like this coyote den that is in the Dax. Yes, there was coyote scat around it as well. And you put your nose in that nest and take a <laughs> because you would smell dog urine. Right. Because they mark their nests, right? Yeah. Bears do the same thing. They mark their stuff, urination. They rub their backs on trees. They do all kinds of stuff like that. So there's going to be <coughs> other sensory um, factors involved in determining what kind of nest you're looking at. Yeah. Now, with the Olympic project, I'm assuming they've done all of that. And I can't because I was I can't tell for sure because I wasn't there. No, yeah. But those are some of those things that you know. Have I come across structures in the forest that I can't readily explain? But then a little bit later, I or I look around and see scat nearby. Yes, and that's why you very rarely see me. Uh, put anything about nests out there. Now, have yep. I found a couple of structures? Yes, I have. But after reviewing the reasons why primates nest, I can rule those out now as just anomalies. Huh? Well, that was a seven. That was like a seven-minute delay on the seven-second delay. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? Uh, Pat, call me after the show tonight. We got to catch up. So, um, oh yeah. yeah, um, some comments over here in the chat. Uh, Bob says the dumbest Bigfoot movie is "I Killed Hitler and Bigfoot Too," and that sucks because I like Sam Elliott. Yeah. Hey, hey Bob, hey. I love Sam Elliott movies too. I know. Let's save the movies for movie night, which are going to be yeah. Halloween. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, Nick says, I'm still skeptical about Sasquatch Nest until I see Sala. Exactly as we yeah. should be with everything. Right. Uh, <laughs> Rod, Rod Dupree comes up with the best one of the night. Best way to know if it's a coyote nest is to look for the Acme boxes. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, Rod. JJ says that sounds fun to me going around smelling for poop in the woods not well man you know that's what you do as a tracker unfortunately i've uh you know there's a video in fact it's on the the intro you see me picking up you know yote scat and, and through right. that yote scat you can see what they're eating same thing with you know like black bear scat uh, you know, black, you know, black bear scat usually has a lot of berries in it and maybe some nut remnants and some foliage in it and maybe some small bones, maybe a squirrel or some small animals. Uh, you know, grizzly bear scat, all of the same, but in that particular scat, it smells like pepper spray. Uh, <laughs> so um, that's right. Poop everywhere. Poop, Mr. Sion. <laughs> Uh, in fact, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I actually snuck that on one of my videos last week. Um, 
<laughs> and oh boy, the comedians are out tonight. I'll well, tell they you. are, you know, in full and, force. Uh, you know, our, at least our <laughs> our listeners over there on Anchor FM and Stitcher and iHeartRadio and Amazon and uh, all the other Pandora and all those other folks, uh, you know, they can hear this funniness here. But Mike Stanton says tracking bear can get you arrested. Wear clothes. Mm, good advice, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Um, and it could be very embarrassing if you get caught that way, too, as well. Oh, boo. So, you know, in looking at, I think it's so important to understand that, you know, to have, to avoid those false positives, to understand how a primate nests and why they nest. Not so much even, you know, because we don't know what kind of material a Sasquatch uses. We only know, and we can see the material and the way they weave their nest varies from gorilla to chimp to orang to us. So it's really, really difficult to tell. And as we can see, if we're looking at the nests that other creatures build, such as, you know, bear and, um, you know, beaver and, you know, even coyotes, and I'm sure wolves are similar. I didn't even look and see if hogs do it, because hogs may. Um, I think they lay, though. I think they just kind of... Uh, yeah. But uh, because uh, they try to keep cool. But anyway, uh, if you look at those animals, it's so hard to differentiate. You know, how many people knew that bear, bears made nests like that? Nobody, hardly anybody. I didn't know. I didn't uh, know. The bear nest in the tree, I was shocked. I was like, no way, dude, no way. Right. But there it is. Yeah. Well, dating says dating mix says dating bears can also get you arrested or killed. Mm. Uh, well, dating bears will not get you a Super Bowl ring here in the United States. <laughs> um, Ooh, that's red. That's <laughs> Sorry to all our friends in Chicago yeah. um, and Illinois. Um, but right now, everybody in Green Bay, Wisconsin is laughing. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, you know, so to me, the interesting thing is, is that now I, you know, one of the things when I do these things, I become part of that learning process. I learn, I learn it. And then I try to give it to everybody else. And one of the, and just to me, it, um, to me, just putting it in there, um, it comes up with so many questions I would have to the Olympic project. First and foremost is, you know, is this bushcraft? What is the spatial distancing? I think that is a great determination whether or not, you know, if there's a family group of Sasquatch, they're not going to all stay in one nest. And you know, as we know, primates, you know, how they habitate, they habitate in groups or clans. So, so we know that if you find an area where they're nesting, there's going to be multiple nests, which kind of, you know, if they found 21 nests, I need to get on the Olympic project, take a look at where, how they found the nests, where they found the nests. You know, and there's other things, too, is that if you find 21 nests, a primatologist could go in there and start looking at the nests, looking at the dung piles, considering on um, the rate of nest decay. Yeah. Determine how fresh they are. They can actually come up with a formula to come up with a population. Yeah. If you can't do that, then guess what? You're probably not dealing. 
Well, with, see, the, that's the whole thing, though. If they could find some uh, some scat somewhere, I mean, right. it's game over because uh, now with the testing procedures they have, right, they can get uh, uh, skin cells uh, that have been shed from the inside right. of the intestines, right. and uh, boom, you know, we got DNA match there or yep. DNA uh, sample. But uh, you know, surely, you know, if they're trying to do, didn't you say, Steve, they're doing a uh, uh, what was it? EDNA? They're, yeah, so doing something, um, uh, trying to raise a campaign to raise money to do EDNA. No, that 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 has ended a while ago. Oh, okay. So I don't know. It never. It only made sixty three percent of goal, which they were trying yeah. to raise seventy five hundred. I think they raised like four grand. Oh um, man. So a uh, bunch of questions. Here we go. Uh, oh. Uh, does anyone know the date and year the first alleged Sasquatch nest was found? Well, I actually believe that there was some reports from the four horsemen. Um, I'm not quite sure, but I remember there being some reference in one of their books to this bedding area being found uh, near a trackway. So um, it was a while ago. So it's not like this is not a new yeah. new thing like the tree bend thing. That was kind of a new right. Um, a new age type of thing that started we saw popping up probably uh, not even you know like even in, in uh, you know in 99 i didn't see that 98 99 i didn't see that probably didn't start seeing that till about 2008 2009 <laughs> coincidentally that's really when facebook started taking off mm. so um you know you got to look at what social media has kind of steered things to so, uh, and, and those tree bends were one of them. Uh, nests, uh, I've always seen that. In fact, uh, if you look at the, the um, what's the, uh, the, the, the Ridgewalker video where the, the one in Washington State apparently or allegedly they found this nest. And to me, it looks like a coyote den, to tell you to be truthfully. Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, oh, look at this thing. You know, and then all of a sudden they see a Sasquatch walking on the ridge or what they think is a Sasquatch. Oh yeah. 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 I think I've seen that. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but yeah, I saw that nest yeah. and you know, since it's in a, a relatively, you know, easy to access area by humans, I'm, I'm thinking the Sasquatch nest theory is just out the window on that one. Yeah. Uh, Mick very well could have been burned, but I, it could have also been, been burned. Uh, could also oh. have been uh, DeHinden as well in uh, the book he wrote with Don Hunter. But uh, yeah, I think Peter Byrne described uh, a nest, Yeti nest. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, David Popson says twenty-one nests were in various states of decay and disuse. Project Zubuk sent two primatologists out to the Olympic Project Nest. And my question to David, oh. and had I known David had such, I would have brought him on the show tonight, because really it wasn't about. <laughs> necessarily the olympic project i was kind of but people are steering towards that because obviously um but david i i would ask you the question have there been any results uh at all of those nests or anything that's been made public yet and thank you uh lester uh marble mountain that, that marble was, mountain that's marble right lester mountain. yeah yep, yep. The yeah they walk. have a, a really big humongous shelter there and it's like really nice dude you could take up living in that thing Right, which yeah. is telling me, which is telling me that could either be a coyote den because you know, coyotes sleep in big numbers, 
and they're pack animals. Yeah. Um, or it could be bushcraft. I I think bushcraft. Because you think about <laughs> that, it. That's the one I'm stuck on. Yeah. Right. There was a bunch. There was a scout trip. So. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. Other than that, we really haven't seen you know that in the and the whole Olympic project. We haven't seen too many really legitimized nests. I know Mitch uh, Wait uh, had some some stuff in. Uh, the Mongolian Ridge uh, in Arizona claiming that they were Bigfoot nests. I've seen them. Again, I revert. They look like bushcraft or could be coyote nests or coyote dens. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Marble Mountain, you go look again, obvious bushcraft. Yeah. Uh, and that was I, one of my, uh, one of my way. things. It's either a coyote den or bushcraft. Sometimes it's hard to tell because those damn yotes, you know, they get into places or they could take over bushcraft. Um, yeah. But, you know, here's here's the thing. Like the, the one in the Adirondacks, definitely yote, yote den. There was tracks to, to back that up, scat to back that up. Yeah. And uh, really with the camping areas, there are really not many people bushcraft. So uh, not in that particular area anyway. Right. I've yeah. never seen a, a nest. Uh, whether it be a bear nest or a Bigfoot nest or, or whatever, uh, I, that doesn't mean that you know they don't do that. <laughs> but I, I've not been lucky enough to see that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I, I definitely, uh, definitely would uh, rule out a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you start looking at it, going, "Who the hell knows?" I mean, it could be a bear. Again, it, it comes to that scientific test. It, it comes to basically your own tracking sense. Are there tracks? Is there scat? Are there scents? Yeah. Uh, you know, can you see hair? Can you can you see you know predation? And uh, you know, usually you may see a, a yote drag <laughs> something back to their den to eat. Uh, well, same. Same with a bear. So you may see uh, an animal that has been predated, and uh, upon inspection of that predation and level, uh, if you can tell, um, and, and you know, bears eat bones. You know, and uh, if you've ever seen a black bear eat chicken, I, I've watched these black bears being fed whole chickens, and they just put them in their mouth, crunch, 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 yeah. swallow. So there's nothing left. Well, that's the thing. If you find something like that in the woods, though, you want to use yep. your tracking skills. So, and so David says, I think there was hair evidence at the site and eDNA scientifically collected, but money needed to test. Yep. Mm. Uh, somebody said, what about the one found on Expedition Bigfoot, LOL? Don't get me started. Oh. <laughs> Don't get me started. Um, it's just, uh, I, I think it's... Uh, I don't know. I, I truthfully, I haven't seen it. I don't watch uh, the show. Me neither. <laughs> I, I just don't watch the show because, you know, after that first season when seeing that, oh, the Antoine Ranch and being, you know, oh, it's I, a I Cinnabar the, mine. Yeah. I'm out. Sorry. I watched the first season. Uh, you know, of course, I knew it was pretty much, okay, they're putting this together for entertainment. But I watched the first season. But after the first season, then after we found out the, the details of it, uh, yeah. I, I didn't even watch the second season, or second what? or third. What is, I don't even know what it is now, but yeah. And like I say, the important thing here is, um, hang on a second. Uh, 
and I watch Butchie Kids YouTube videos. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and and like the biggest thing always to remember when finding a nest is predation, thermoregulation, avoidance of disease and parasites, comfort, and spatial distancing. Right. You know, if somebody comes along and says, I found this Sasquatch nest along this river or along this swamp. Mm. What do you think? Mm. No, because they're going to try to avoid the parasites. Mm. I wouldn't want to camp near a, a swamp. No. I don't even like walking near them because of the amount of, depending on the year, the amount of mosquitoes. I'm sure in central Florida, they're horrible. The mosquitoes are probably, you know, uh, put them on leashes. Dude, they have got these uh, yellow uh, flies or, I don't yes. know, I guess they're yeah. flies. And they will eat you alive. And the red hornets. Yeah, well, I don't know about those, but no, Ooh, the, they're the very yellow flies things, whatever they are, man, they are wicked yeah. bloodsuckers, and uh, I, I think they fatten up on off. <laughs> they they uh -oh. love off. I think I think Mick's wife or ex is making a meatloaf again. Uh oh, <laughs> careful, Mick. Yeah, yeah, Central Florida Bigfoot. He probably knows about those yellow flies, dude. Oh. Yep. So Bob says he believes he found a nest in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I found a, a closer pines with all the tops snapped off about 12, 13 foot high. And then I found them laying across a stream about three feet wide. Well, is that a nest? Why would it be across a stream? Uh, to me, it may be somebody trying to cross the stream without. But that being said, I, uh, you know, without seeing it, I can't really evaluate it. Um, you know, fish trap. I, yeah, you can't really evaluate it. <laughs> Could be a fish trap. Yeah, and uh, very true. Uh, a city kid would think beaver dams are nests. Actually, well, they are. They're beaver nests. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. But uh, and Jay Fritz says the mosquito is the Florida state bird. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, I believe uh, that, yep. Jay. Trees are snapped about 12, 13. It was about 95 degrees. So did they set something uh, up? You think wow. maybe they, they put that down there in the stream to get cool with the water, the running water maybe? I don't know. Possibly. But Sounds then like again. Sounds like a good plan to me. Yeah. Uh, cool. It's very bizarre that the amount of trees, bro. Or, uh, but here's the thing. The trees were snapped about 12, 13 feet high. Is it possible... Uh, and again, I don't know, uh, Upper Peninsula, is it possible a windstorm came through or maybe winter came through and snapped those those treetops off with a storm and then somebody came along and just laid them across the creek either to cross it or maybe to trap something, I don't know. But, um, you know, just... Well, when just, you find stuff like that, it's like uh, you could write a book on it, you know, speculation. Well, what the heck could they have been doing? And that's not a bad idea either. Um, maybe we'll do that. Um, maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, man, hey, that's not a bad idea. Put that on. Bigfoot, yeah, it says you should do a show where people submit photos for you to look at. Yeah, that submit your great. evidence, your Bigfoot photos, I whatever, for a, stuff, for a man. live I really show do. analysis. Yeah. yeah, we can do that. Which reminds me, I'm in the process of, of doing some evidence evaluation for a upcoming documentary and i am going to uh, keep mom on that as well yeah 
Bob said none of the other trees around these trees were snapped. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. interesting, Bob. That certainly is. I, yeah. You know, I, I would have liked to have seen that myself. Just to, <clears throat> I, I mean, I found a tree snapped like that too in the Dax, just out of nowhere, and it wasn't snapped earlier in the night because I would have noticed it. Yeah, and that was right after some. Some of the guys had some yeah. pine cones thrown at them. And I always worry about people saying, well, I had pine cones thrown at me. But the funny thing is, is the pine cones had already dropped. So mm -hmm. they were laying about the ground. They weren't coming from the trees. So, right. um, so uh -oh, well, Max is listening, too. Hello, Max. He's hiding out. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Max. Um, yeah, so we, we have to take all of that into consideration. Um trying to think what else so uh you know if there's no other questions on nesting we can move on and we can talk about a couple other things coming up on uh, squatch dtv and what to expect so um but anyway um so chris as you know um i don't know where i did with the graphic there it is as you know, you know come on sorry taking a little longer than expected there yes, is. this is episode 71. All right. Squatch Sasquatch Festival. Yay. That's right. That's where we'll be next week. Uh, hopefully, we'll see Mike Stetton out there. Make sure you come over there and kick me. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a long weekend for me. Oh. Well, it's going to be fun. But we're yeah. not going to be doing a show next weekend, right? Yeah. No, we'll be no show okay. next week. So okay. No show. What we may do is we may put a best of episode. I'll preload, but I don't know if I have to be there to push the trigger. I, I don't know. I'll have to take a look, but I, I may be able to put a best of show on next week, maybe a replay of something just to keep things rolling. Yeah. Um, but uh, as you can see, Mike, uh, Mike Ann will be there, Tactical Bigfoot Research talking. All right. Uh, All right. You know, Emily, uh, I talked about the Forest Fleur. Well, there's Emily Fleur and Connor Anderson talking. They'll be there. Mike Familiant, another another one. We're trying to get Mike on the show. Uh, the guys from Kark, we'll try to get them on the show as well. I mean, it's just going to be a, a great, really great lineup. And we're actually getting people, um, you know, that haven't talked in the past. Of course, Paul, Paul Bartholomew, he's been on the show. And we've got videos on the channel of him. That's going to be a fun time. And, of course, the Mystical Beer Garden. Uh. <laughs> Now, I lobbied, like I said, I lobbied really hard to have my presentation in the Mystical Beer Garden, but somehow it, it got nixed. Steve, uh, do I see that right? Are they having a costume contest? Is this going to be a Bigfoot costume contest or what? Uh, I, I suppose. I didn't, I didn't really. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> the call the calling contest is the big event of the night. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's going to be, and of course, I'm emceeing the calling contest. So. Yeah. That's always fun. I've done it every That's year. That's going to be good. That's going to be fun for the kids, too. So, yep. Uh, the Love kids making are... it fun for the kids. Yep. So, uh, you know, should be a, a good, good time there. Yeah. And, of course, the uh, the events afterwards, uh, it's going to be invite only. So, Mike, uh, kick me. Uh, I may have you come along. If, you, if you're up for it, uh, we have a little activity we're doing Saturday night. I'll the entire field team there. Um, you know, I, I've got a couple coming from, uh, mass, uh, three or four, four coming from mass, three coming from the other side of the state of New York. Uh, I got my two other local, invest, uh, two, four, five, five other investigators coming that are local. So I, I got quite the team. That's just a team itself. 
So, oh man, I would I would love to get up there, Steve. But dude, if I was going to show up in Whitehall next weekend, I would have had to started <laughs> last yesterday. week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have had to started a road trip yesterday because. We do about 80 miles. I'm like, okay, it's time for a motel. Stop. <laughs> and good night, Jay. <laughs> See you, Jay. Thanks for dropping in, bud. So, yeah. So, there'll be a lot of uh, things. And then Sunday night, oh, boy. Sunday night. Sunday night's the real one I'm looking forward to. And uh, we'll see what happens. And it'll be a new area to us. So, um, and it's going to be a little more remote than some of the other places we've been. So I'm, I'm really excited about the, the Sunday night mission. And then Monday night, I'll be, you know, repairing all the mosquito wounds. Um, although it is getting cooler um, at night. Um, I don't have an accurate temperature right now. It says, that, oh, yeah, it's 54 degrees. So oh. that's. Oh, Steve, OT asks, will the festival be streamed somewhere? No, it will not, unfortunately. They don't plan on streaming it. It's kind of some way you could stream your presentation. That would be good. I could. Uh, yeah. Well, hmm. Now you've given me food for thought, Mister Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would love to be there, man. But you know, the, the distance. Well, I, I may cool. live stream some of the events that night, yeah. that day. Uh, I don't know about my presentation because. I'm in the middle of doing my presentation, so that kind of gets kind of busy. And I'll be, yeah. I'll be taking the pavilion. You know, the, as you can see, there's there's the town hall, which where they're going to be in the town hall, and then the pavilion, which is yeah. right on site. I'm going to be in the pavilion, so uh, I, I hope it doesn't. The live music doesn't interfere with the presentation. Sometimes it did a couple oh. of years ago. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll have to we'll have to talk about that. When I get there, it's like, uh, if it's too loud, I'm going to watch the first presentation. I'll be there for the first and second presentation anyway. So by that, yeah. by the time I go on, I'm like, hey, shh, this isn't going to work if I, you know, I, I have to yell over the music. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, I could stream some of it uh, YouTube throughout, throughout the day. So we'll, we'll see what we can do. Um, that would be good. Or if you see somebody up, you know, uh, do just a quick quick hi how you do you know and then put a little short video up on youtube or something you know? yep. and Aaron, ideas you know i mean i know you're going to be under a lot of pressure and you're going to be really busy there so <laughs> Aaron said he'll be in ticonderoga for the star trek convention and he'll try to get down there yeah, yeah stop down it's going cool. to be from 10 a.m to 6 p.m at least and then the breakdown probably so i'll, I'll be there probably to like seven so come on down see us yeah. Um, it's not that far. I think Ticonderoga is only like 30 miles from Whitehall. We're <clears> having <throat> it. Come on down, say hello, stop in for a few minutes, get a little food, and then back Might, to, uh, back to Mr. Spock. My, my old neighbor, uh, William Shatner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's made a few trips up to uh, the Ticonderoga. They have a great yeah. museum up there with a replica bridge, uh, you know, the Enterprise Bridge and stuff like right. that. That's Did real you know that? Bill Shatner was a Kentuckian for a little while. <laughs> and so was Lee Majors, the bionic man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, roundabout. Well, they were probably within a couple of miles of each other up yeah. there. You know, if you look at the properties. But, but uh, Bill Shatner is a Canadian. Yeah, he is. He is. But I, I was he had a, a property up there at Versailles, Kentucky for a little while until 
I think him and his wife split and she ended up with the property. I, I yeah, think, and, that, I don't and, and that very well we could do a YouTube short on that. So, yeah, I, yeah, it's a hefty price to meet William Shatner at one of those events. I think it's like a hundred bucks. But it's <laughs> uh, cool. And well, he yeah, did a lot of other stuff besides uh, Star Trek too. I mean, we're talking about movies and TV stuff again. Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, George Takai is going to be there. Oh my! But uh, yeah, Lee Majors but, yeah. bought the castle up there in Lexington for Farrah Fawcett back in the seventies, and uh, well, it's pretty cool. If George Takai is going to be in Ticonderoga, you can bet Shatner is not. <laughs> they do oh, not yeah. get along. They, they do don't get along at all. Nope. It's nope. see, uh, that's one thing. Shatner always called him Takai. Okay. And then uh, but his real name is pronounced <clears throat> Takay, as in, and it's his way he would tell him. It's a Bill, it's pronounced Takay, as in toupee. Ah, I got you. Ah, toupee. Oh, that's a double stab. Um, <laughs> oh, it was terrible. I love both those guys, though. I don't care if they get along or not. Yeah, if Shatner really wanted to rib on him, he could have called him George Tacky. Yeah, that's true. That, 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 would, that would hang in there. But uh, you know, anyway. For the 60s, man, they did great work. They did great work. <laughs> Mick said, I'm back, false alarm. Someone overcooked fish on a lower floor. Actually, I was kind of worried that somebody overcooked meatloaf. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's good. <laughs> overcooked fish, though, that, that'll be there for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I like that idea of having people submit their photos. If you want to submit your photo for for evaluation, what we're going to take, maybe we'll take like the five best that we get and uh <laughs> yeah yeah mick uh, uh back when steve uh steve steve austin when lee majors was married to farrah fawcett back in the 70s he bought her a castle in lexington kentucky and it's really cool you see it's it's uh, yep. when you get off the the parkway at versailles and you head towards lexington it's on the left between versailles and lexington on uh, it's, it's highway 60 and it's a castle up on top of the hill but uh, believe it or not, it, I don't think he owns it now, but it burned down. Yep. A castle. And that's because Austin 316 says, I just kicked your ass. Oh, wrong, <laughs> Austin. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know how you can burn down a castle. Aren't they supposed to be like made of stone or something? I guess it must have had a lot not, of. Not modern day castles. Okay, yeah. Not modern day castles. No. Well, it was actually pretty cool. Nope. Oh, uh... <laughs> So anyway, I Chris, I think we can sign off for the night tonight. Yeah, man. We, we've yeah. had a, a great show. We've talked about a lot of ideas and stuff like that. Uh, we're going to be picking up a, uh, you know, we haven't had guests on the last few weeks. We're going to start putting guests on again. Uh, as you know, we like throwing a variety of shows, and we like talking about things sometimes. And now we're getting our talk out. It's back now next, in two weeks. We're going to have a lot of investigation video, I am sure, and we're going to do a recap of the Sasquatch Festival. We are going to be uh, talking about some of the investigation. We'll have some of the video and sounds and whatever we, we've come across over the course of the two nights we're investigating. Of course, uh, I'm not going to tell you where, but we're going to be in the Whitehall area on day one. Day two, we're not. So... Um, you know, I again, with with everybody in town for a Sasquatch festival, I kind of worry about doing a Sasquatch. And so it's not going to be so serious the first night. It's going to be more of a, okay, everybody take a look around. You know, we're not going to try some deep 
deep stuff. Sunday night we will. Sunday night will be, you know, the um, old gonads to the wall. Um, so we're gonna have a lot of fun with that. Um, so we will be back in two weeks. I'm gonna try to see if I can't get a best of show set for next week. Um, but if I don't, I don't. And uh, if not, we will catch everybody in two weeks. Chris, any final thoughts on tonight? Well, I, you I know, just first of all, everybody. did you learn anything? Oh man, I learned a lot. You know, which that's that's not very difficult for me because I I can learn a lot any any day. But <laughs> but I want to thank our our wonderful audience for being with us and joining with us and being in the chat. He's asked some great questions. I love the participation, guys. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you. And yeah. if it's your first time watching on YouTube, consider giving us a like, uh, share, subscribe. Make uh, sure you hit that it. notification bell. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. You'll you'll be notified as Steve puts up new videos. Or not. <laughs> Some people will get their <laughs> notifications late. I apologize. That's not my doing. We appreciate it. Yeah. Um, one of the things, too, uh, I want to thank all our Anchor FM listeners. Yeah. Uh, it, with, with, without our service, you're listening to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Amazon, iHeartRadio, uh, Stitcher, I don't know, Radio Public. Uh, there, there's a ton of them. We're on yeah, Breaker. Breaker, yeah. Yep. Um, Castbox. Uh, so we're on. Apple Podcasts. And I know that graphic does not have Audible or Amazon, but we are now on Audible and Amazon.com as well. Of course, we, we stopped airing to Facebook, uh, you know, with the uh, new season uh, because it just uh, was not uh, conducive to uh, making things easy for us. And um, so while well, people come over to the YouTube channel and watch it at their will, um, in fact, it, it turned out that we were getting more watchers on YouTube versus Facebook anyway. Yeah. Um, and the same with Twitter. We used to broadcast on Twitter. We used to get a couple of watchers from there. But now uh, that's why I think we've seen a lot of new names into uh, our YouTube channel. And we thank you for all coming over here and following us. And we appreciate we can't do this show without you guys. And we love all of you. You guys are you guys are inspiration to us because uh, it's kind of funny. We have a, a devious sense of humor, me and Chris, and we've always put that in the show. And I watch our chat, and our chat has just bought into that sense of humor, and I love it all oh. of it. It keeps us all hopping. Um, so thank you very much, uh, guys. Um, the guys in the chat are just killing me because a lot of yeah. times I have to mute out because I'm busting out laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, somebody was burning fish. Oh, maybe a good thing it wasn't a meatloaf. Yeah. Yeah, so the running joke, and, and you know the joke of the night. Uh, the joke of the night, I gotta say, was you can always tell a biscardi nest. It's got all Snapple bottles hanging around it. <laughs> Diet peach specifically. Uh, anyway, gotta have some fun. Gotta have some fun. Um, but anywho, um, I want to thank everybody for being here and, uh, y'all stay safe over the next couple of weeks and stay healthy. We love you all. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what much more I can say. We'll see you here in two weeks time, uh, October, I want to say third, October 2nd, maybe. Well, anyway, we'll see you, uh, the first Sunday of October with hopefully a bunch of good stuff. Uh, oh, October 3rd. Yeah. October 3rd. Yeah, I was right yeah. on the first one. There we, yep. there we go. So anyway, everybody keep safe. Be safe. 
We'll catch you all here next uh, two weeks here on Squatch DTV, 9 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, coming back October 3rd. Holy crap, Chris. This is our last summer. Is it still summer? Yeah, it's still summer. But next show, it's not summer anymore. Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah. Fall. All right, guys. (laughs) We'll catch you all here next week. Or catch you all here in two weeks, rather. And, of course, God bless. Stay safe and keep on squatching. Hey, folks. You've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.